Gobble, gobble, folks. It is the Thanksgiving version of the Tornado Soccer Podcast. You guys are going to be stuffed full of soccer know-how and knowledge. I can tell you right now, we have a great episode. I've got Mr. Josh Fayol, President of Tulsa Rouseabouts. We're going to give that wish list. I know it's not Christmas, but we're going to go with the wish list of Tulsa Rouseabouts. That's also this offseason's been busier than Baker Mayfield's mentions, folks. But we're going to discuss all that here momentarily. Also, we're going to go to Arkansas on this episode. I've got Ryan Stallings, co-owner of the Red Watch, supporter group of the Little Rock Rangers. We're going to talk shop of the natural state, the Diamond State, Arkansas soccer in Little Rock. So, folks, it's getting dark outside. Weather's got a little chill to it, but the the skies are dark. You better get inside because it's another episode of the Tornado Sock Parker. All right. Thanks so much for joining me this episode of Tornado Sock Podcast. We've got a long episode, but it's a good one. It's a good one. I know we've had a couple of weeks off, so we've got a lot to talk about. Lots going on in the off-season, USL, NESL, UPSL, PDL, everything, man. We've got it. We're going to talk about it. We've got Josh Fowler coming up to talk about it. But first, BGN.FM, Beautiful Game Network. That's where you can find podcasts along with my other friends. Lots. They're talking about the off-season. STL Soccer Report, brand-new coach, been announced. Phil Grooms, he'll talk about that. Y'all go give them a listen on the BGN.FM podcast network. All right. But without further ado, here's segment with Josh Fior talking about the offseason and Tulsa Roughnecks. All right, folks. Like I mentioned a few moments ago, we have in studio, second time, third. This is your third cap, I think, right, Josh? Third cap. Nice. Mr. Josh Fior, the president of the Tulsa Roustabouts in house. Today here in the Frady Hole, Josh, man, a uh, busy off season, right? Uh, I know in your personal life and then uh, everything is happening off the soccer pitch uh, right now. Yep. Lots of announcements to sift through uh, since our last episode, but let's uh, talk about the most recent news today with the Chicago USL franchise mm-hmm. announcing today. Man, what what do you make of all this? Uh, and and what do you think ramifications are for Tulsa and all this? You know, I don't know long-term. I, I, on the surface, it looks like uh, two things stick out to me is location. Uh, anybody that knows anything about Chicago knows north side versus south side type thing. We've got, you know, with the White Sox and Cubs, it's a very sure. similar type of deal. Um, the fire are set. Uh, their stadium is set in a suburban setting. Mm-hmm. There's lots of Chicagoans that complain about that. I know having that more of a downtown north side type setting and then the size of the stadium that's being proposed yeah. 20,000 seater that's nice um yeah i mean you might expect that in the usl you rarely expect that but right. you might expect that from a cincinnati maybe even a louisville sure. or a sacramento or someone like that uh but what i take from that it feels to me like a little bit of bravado it feels like uh, a challenge sure to the fire themselves mm-hmm. uh so i don't as far as Tulsa's relationship with the fire, I, I, I believe it's year by year, and I, and I believe that the fire uh, 
want to make it more of a long-term thing, but they have to turn it over year by year right. financially and just seeing how progress goes. And I, I know Coach Vaudrill is a big part of that. Um, but I, I'm not sure that I see this affecting that because I don't see this USL Chicago team and the Chicago Fire getting along personally. Oh, it's like a competitive thing, right? It seems yeah, like sure. that. I, I believe that there's a little bit of bravado there in the sense that, hey, we may be second division, but I bet we can outdraw you. Yeah, and if it's in a, if it's a good location, if it's a good stadium, mm-hmm. and you have the, yo- the the young crowds, or the or maybe it's a, it's a, a setting where like young families can make it out. Yeah, I mean that's the problem in Bridgeport. They have a hard time drawing because it's so far outside of Chicago Metro. Mm-hmm. So that's been the big buzz, or you know, the thing that NASL wanted was to get right. in the central part of Chicago. So with this mentioned uh, USL franchise, do you think? This is basically a NASL Chicago's not going to happen at this point. I mean, I think the bigger question is NS- NASL going to happen. Sure, right. So yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't think uh, NASL Chicago is going to happen with this announcement and sure. with what look like already architectural plans for a stadium. Mm-hmm. I think they're just farther along. Uh, maybe they're just blowing smoke on that, but right. uh, they've already got proposed site. And, and whatnot, and, a, and and basically a start date in terms of a year in USL. Right. I don't see NASL being able to compete with that, no. Yeah, I agree. Now, speaking of NASL, let's talk about that just for a moment. Absolutely. So we have announcements of uh, North Carolina FC, which mm-hmm. one of the better teams in U- NASL, yep. mo- making the move to USL, which is a surprise to nobody. Um, we've had some rumors of Indy 11. We've, I know deltas are going out uh, and that's been mentioned that they're going to fold shop and Mark Dos Santos, who's kind of the bell of the ball, so to speak that in this coaching carousel in the USL and and other leagues at this point. So let's talk about NASL. You mentioned, is this, are they done or do you think this lawsuit is going to keep them alive? What are you expecting right now? Every time I think NASL is done, mm-hmm. or every time I think they can't possibly come up with something more asinine, <laughs> they do. Right. And, uh, you know, you know, I am no fan of our current American soccer pyramid. Uh, sure. I have lots of opinions on that that match, you know, what I think a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, in soccer uh, in America believe. Um, but... NASL, I think, made some poor business decisions and, and kind of did this to themselves. And, you know, I, I don't think USL's expansion helped them at all. all right. uh, so I'm not counting them out completely yet, but by all looks of it, it looks mm-hmm. like nails in the coffin to me. Right. And, you know, the Deltas haven't a- actually announced folding, but they're shipping players. We saw uh, a defender sign with SC Cincinnati today. That was a right. former Delta uh, player. And uh, I, I can't imagine them. You know, there's rumors of Cal United FC starting in NASL this year, right. which I don't know where that's coming from, but the rumors are that Precky is going from St. Louis to there. Uh-huh. So uh, who knows? I, right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I know every time you say, oh, this they're dead, it's like it's right. like a villain and, and not to be – these just don't read more into this than what it is. But it's like yeah. you're in, it's like this, the, the, this spooky movie or a scary movie and just mm-hmm. the Jason just keeps coming back alive and making another sequel, you know? Right, right. No, uh NASL is the walking dead of American soccer. <laughs> they and and we haven't found, you know, Rick yet because Rick. they keep 
they keep coming back and keep coming back with a vengeance and trying to hang on. And sure. they keep finding people that will invest in one club at a time, but then we have three leaving at a time. So right. it's just, I don't know. Yeah, and then the, on, on the USL side, yeah, we have expansion. Uh, we've got Memphis was announced. Uh, it, Memphis, right? I know Fresno will be coming online, I believe, next season. Yep, Fresno's next season. We have Las Vegas, mm -hmm. obviously. We knew about that. Uh, Nashville's coming online. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, Memphis was announced, and I believe we will see in 2019 in Hartford Yep, is what we're seeing. Uh, and then uh, I can't remember if the Chicago team was going to be 2019 or 2020. Yeah, uh, and I think Atlanta too, uh, the yes. Peaches or whatever they're called. I think are they coming on 18 or not? I believe they're coming on this year. This in, year, in, okay. In 2018, yeah. Yeah, and then of course I don't know if we mentioned you. You said, you said Nashville, of course, mm -hmm. and then the always rumored FC Dallas too. That we've. It seems like every year it's it's every like, year it's like Benzema to Arsenal. Right. It's FC Dallas two coming into the USL, which I've seen. Nothing. Uh, but I just it's that rumor just keeps showing up. I even keep messaging people at the FC Dallas, and they they said, "Well, you know, maybe, maybe not." So I think that's just people in Texas and North sure. Texas wanting that to happen. Yeah. And like I just think the rumor stays alive that way. Mm -hmm. I have I have not seen anything from an official standpoint that would suggest that at all. Yeah. What What if a USL team decided to? Okay. Here Here's my. I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on real quick. Okay. And you tell me if I'm crazy. Okay. I'm not usually Deal. a conspiracy theorist, okay? I'm a Hawk, Occam's Razor guy. <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's just how yep. I, I roll. Absolutely. What do? You, what about this long play of the USL trying to compete with MLS with all this trademarks of USL uh, championship with League One, League Two? To me, that's uh, putting on my tinfoil hat here. Like mm -hmm. I said, that's pro rail talk. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm crazy. Do you think USL's long playing uh, MLS? I don't think you're crazy. Okay. No, uh, I mean I am, but I just think in this, I, you you, <laughs> you don't ever want to read too much into anything. But but trademarking USL League One, trademarking USL Championship a, as a league, uh, those are some pretty significant signs to me uh, sure. of future plans to get set. And I think the D three USL D three coming online. Um, if anything, you know, and I know a lot of people don't like MLS's involvement with USL and the kind of partnership. Sure. But the long play theory, did USL, quote unquote, use MLS to get on its feet and get strong and now is expanding markets all over the place, creating a player development pro rail system throughout the United States uh, with all the money that they've been able to take in and with all the infrastructure infrastructure they've been able to build i mean we've seen announcement after announcement after announcement this year by usl of official partnerships with stadium builders with sure. party vendors with production companies they are building infrastructure for major league development uh whether or not their plan is to take over a d1 spot i don't know uh but i do believe i, I do believe that they are going to look at instituting pro rail eventually I think it's just kind of leading that way. It seems like it. Uh, you know, we have this huge election come up in February. Right. You know, there's Ronaldo, uh, a few other guys involved there. Um, you know, that's the, that's the rumor hanging out there. It's to make U.S. soccer better, we need to make a huge change. Right. And, and whether that's pro-rail, whether that's 
inclusion of other teams and other other expansion markets, I, now that remains to be seen. But something that I that kind of dawned on me the other day, talk, we're talking two different sports here, college football, NFL, how college football is stay strong. You know, there's a lot of people interested in college football, whereas NFL is waning in interest. And maybe right. that's political reasons, whatever. Other but, side of the bell curve. Yeah, exactly. So to me, that says college football has more teams that you can choose from and to root for, whereas mm. NFL is 32 teams. Right. So is there something to that argument of more regionalized teams would build more interest in a product versus 24 teams in 24 markets? Maybe I'm not. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, and, and, I, and I think there is something to it. Um, I don't know that a Division II USL should ever be 60 teams. Right. But I, I do believe, one, just for soccer, the more soccer, the better. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it, I know a lot of people say that. It seems cliche, but it's true. Sure. The more people playing, the more people viewing, the better. Right, right. But in a sense, as you kind of uh, related it to college football and how it is, I've always said that soccer and soccer support is almost, is almost futile in nature. Mm. Uh, we protect our city kind right, of thing right. we protect our house and sure. it's city versus city and supporters group and i mean some people take this too too far right and right, even yeah. in europe they take this too far and like literally physically battle each other right um it's soccer is more of a feudal type mentality which so is college football yeah yeah i agree and, and it matches and to have to have a pro team or a semi-pro team that represents your city and it's something you could be proud of that you can attach to the pride that you have of your city I think it speaks volumes, and yes, I think you will gain more soccer fans, more supporters. Um, it, it'll take a while, sure, but it will happen sure. that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, you've got teams in the same town, Detroit City FC. Do you think they're going to go support the Detroit MLS team? No, you're going. <laughs> they. Would... I know Detroit City FC. I know Northern Garden, and oh, there's yeah. no way in hell. No. no, they would rather be. They would rather go root for. Lansing United, then <laughs> go go to root for their rival MLS team. They would right. rather die than do that. And, yep. and and I think even now you're starting to see some of that. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to this very territorial thing. And I think that that is, in essence, what it's that it's that next level fandom. Right. I mean, I can be a Dallas Cowboys fan all day, all live long day. I don't live in Dallas. You know, I don't have an emotional attachment to the city of Dallas. Right. Now you throw Tulsa in the mix, and okay, well now that's a different story. So, well, that remains to be seen. I think um, that is something to see. Maybe next five, ten years, maybe heck, maybe move faster than that. I don't know. To whether or not USL is long playing MLS, and also it's cheaper to be a USL club. It is. It's way cheaper than two hundred and whatever million. And it's going to be cheaper to be a USL D three club. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, even cheaper. That's those are people. Those are. You know, thousandaires can get a club, mm -hmm. you know? So, Pretty much. Anyway, so we'll, let's uh, kind of shift over to a more Tulsa-centric discussion. Mm -hmm. So just a few moments ago, I posted on Twitter and I think on a couple other chat programs to get to get the – Get the natives stirred up, so to speak, to see what <laughs> what's on what's on their wish list of the Tulsa Roughnecks as we in Tulsa are in um, in off season. And just real quick before we discuss this, uh, I'll try to get Matt Bolt or uh, Sunny Del Sandro on uh, in here the next couple of weeks to talk about what's going on in Tulsa Athletic and 
Uh, there's a lot going on on their end too. So we'll have them on. So folks that are fans of Tulsa Athletic, I will. We will talk Tulsa Athletic uh, here next week or two. Let's awesome. get past the holidays, and we'll have those guys on and talk about their future and, and kind of review what they did this past season. And so just wanted to give a quick note on that. But Tulsa Roughnecks, um, man, you know, we asked what the wish list was, and something that keeps popping up, it's just – Soccer-specific stadium, soccer-specific stadium. Yep. That seems to be the uh, number one choice, don't you think, Josh? Or, or, do you, or do you think there's something else out there? I think there's a, that's the number one choice. And I, and I think, you know, when you ask for a Roughnecks wish list, uh, I mean, you specifically... Eh, well, no, you said wish list for Tulsa Roughnecks, so you didn't date it. Nah, I, uh, I, I wanted the unreasonable and reasonable. I wanted Zlatan Ibrahimovic to Tulsa. That's what <laughs> I really... <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. But. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, even looking at you, it's even people from outside of Tulsa who follow you. That's what they want. They're not even fans of the Roughnecks. Yeah, never been to Tulsa. And they're like, yeah, let's get soccer to the stadium. Yeah, no, it pops up and it pops up uh, weekly at the very least, if not every couple of days in my conversations with other fans, other supporters is a home of our own in a sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean... I get why we're playing at one. I, I totally understand that. Um, you know, this is a club in its infancy. Um, I, I, I don't know how to say this without saying it, but obviously we looked at the attendance numbers and, and there's a slight decline and maybe it's, you know, a one bad day or a storm. You know, we had a couple stormed games. We had some cold, you know, hot matches where it's 110 degrees. People won't show up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we did have a couple of nice nights where I'm like, man, where, where is everybody, you right. know? Uh, and maybe a soccer-specific stadium fixes that? I don't know. I I, I don't know. You, you, I think it goes deeper than that, don't you, Josh? I do. I do. Yeah. And, you know, uh, what I will say is this. Uh, you mentioned a club in its infancy. Well, yes, in the grand scheme of things, but we're four years in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And not to take away from any of my hot takes, maybe that I'll get on later, but <laughs> we're four years in and we haven't heard any plan. We sure. haven't. And anytime we, we've asked, nobody, first of all, nobody talks about it without being asked. Right. And anytime we've asked, there's, we've, we're given the same answer as, yeah, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking into this, we're looking mm-hmm. into that. But no specifics, no, no plan. And what, I think what frustrates a lot of supporters is one again want to reiterate one oak is a fantastic stadium sure it is a it is an award-winning baseball park right uh the the amenities are great mm-hmm. they're they're all, its location is phenomenal even the pitch uh except for the little part that's covered that mm-hmm. we have to cover the dirt it's some of the best in the league. Yeah, it's I some mean, of the best grass in the league. You look back at the Louisville, the oh my USL final. I mean, it, we didn't look any. It doesn't, never looked as bad or it's, worse than that. But of no, course, no. it's you know they play over the infield, so it's a little bit unfair as we just kind of kind of grace the you know yeah it's exactly kind of a glancing but, blow versus running right over it. But but you know but back to reality, this is not a knock on One Oak or 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 the ownership on this standpoint is that One Oak is a is a fabulous facility. It, it, it's just not suited for soccer. Right. It, it, especially the way we have it set up, you know, and if we did go to the Louisville route, which is expensive, of course, and so mm-hmm. is the stadium, and it's easy to spend other people's money. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But um, there are really only two 
air, two areas mm-hmm. in the stadium that are worth watching from, and that's on both ends of the goals. Right. So those fifty, you know, uh, half half <laughs> half pitch seats, right over there. What 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 is third baseline basically? Yeah, they're worthless. Yeah, I mean, just say, people. I know this for a fact. I've never had seats over there, but people don't buy seats over there. I have people who I know who had season tickets over there uh, from the beginning uh, back in 2015 who have now taken their season tickets away because it's not worth sitting over there because the sight lines are so bad. They're so bad. So. Um, it, it, it isn't suited to soccer. Now, do I believe that would solve all of our attendance problems? No, no. I don't. Um, I think that would be foolish. I think we'd get a good bump for a while. Yeah. But long-term, no. I think that's the thing. It's like the, that's what I'm afraid of is, and this is just me being kind of looking at it and saying, okay, the attendance has dropped a little bit here and over year. Mm-hmm. Is the novelty wearing off? And this is coming off of a season where we had a better team, a playoff team, an exciting team to watch. Right, good soccer. Yeah, good soccer. And, you know, I think that maybe that's that's my concern, I guess, is is this a novelty and then it's wearing off and we're going back to the well, so to speak, and it's we're we're just kind of going with the – I don't know, going with the flow, and then we're just going to see this gradual decrease. Or, hey, if we get a team that's first place next year, that's, you know, maybe we get to host the U.S. Open Cup match. Is that going to flip it for us? I mean, what do you do? Is it that easy, or do you think it's it's more than that? No, I think it's rooted much, much deeper. Okay. I, I, I really, really do. I mean, we had some really big matches here this year. Sure. And uh, we didn't see. And, and the thing that I mean, I'm going to call it. I know you said we had some tornado warning days and we had sure. some really, really hot days, and it's time for those excuses to be gone, right? honestly. And that's not about you. No, 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 um, yeah, yeah. We yeah. can't say that anymore yeah. at all. And the thing that was really startling, when I looked at the attendance, uh, you know, if you had hot days or, or if you had bad weather days or other events in town, big events that sure. would draw, you would see spikes and valleys in attendance. But if you put our attendance on a graph this year, it's almost a straight line. Right. And th- what that tells me is, is it's pl- plateauing. Right. Do I think that's something to do with the city's interest? I don't, actually. Right. I, I, I think it has a lot to do with the way the Roughnecks engage the city, quite to be quite honest, or the or the lack of engagement. More the way mm-hmm. I think we engage, and and I think um, novelty has something to do with it. The novelty wore off, but I think the novelty wore off really quickly in the first season. Actually, yeah, I really really do, and that's why you saw the drop from the first season to the second season. Yeah, I mean, even at the end of the first season, uh, we were in a playoff hunt. Really, right? We, we huge playoff and, hunt. You know, team was gone for a long time. Then all of a sudden, it came back, and I think that maybe speaking of the stadium and having to share with the drillers, I think that's part of the problem with these long True. road trips. But anyway, that's besides the point. But we still had people showing up. I mean, we had new people in the rig mm-hmm. in the supporter section. We had people that I haven't seen since. Just right. they were here. They had a good time. They were the ones starting the beer showers, and right. now they're gone. Right. And. Uh, I'm not talking about people that normally are there. I'm just talking about rando rando people, and yep. and it seems like we're not seeing that as much. And whether it's a lack of awareness or okay, I did that, checked it off the list. And I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I, who knows? And it's hard, it's hard to say because it's hard for us to think what other people that aren't 
soccer fans think about it. Mm-hmm. So well, let me ask you. So let's talk. Okay, outside soccer specific stadium, soccer specific stadium. What what other things would you, would you feel like would would help with uh, the team and and maybe even on the pitch? On the pitch, um, I think it was mentioned actually in some of your uh, some of the people that replied to you on Twitter. Yeah. But um, I think we. I would like, and, and I can't remember who did this, maybe Mario, but I would like to see, um, as far as on the offensive side, mm-hmm. I would like to see an experienced goal scorer. And I'm not talking experienced as in necessarily really older. Right. Because I do want someone who's fit and fast. <laughs> right, right. But uh, somebody who, who's a proven goal scorer. Um, sure. I would like to see our def- defense solidified. I mean, the reality is, I mean, we, we did drop in the number of goals we gave up, but I think Coach will even tell you uh, his his uh, the bar he set was 25 goals given up mm-hmm. over the season, and we gave up like 40-some-odd goals. Right, right. Uh, which was still a drop from 2016, but we still gave up too many. And we put yeah. a lot a lot of pressure was uh, put in put on Serda. Um, I would like to see many of our defenders back, yeah. to be quite honest. I think another year under the belt staying together, I think that's really important, the getting that fluidity. But mm-hmm. we, we definitely need uh, a, a strong defense. Um, but I would like to see a proven goal scorer. And if Koff is not going to come back, which I have my doubts, uh, we need somebody to orchestrate midfield. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. And Rivas uh, has already been – tweeting about Las Vegas lights being from Las Vegas. So uh, you always wonder if he's going to be plucked away there. Yeah. I mean, he put his highlights out and, you know, Joaquin, if you're listening, we want you back. Um, <laughs> I I have a feeling that we might see him in orange again though. Okay. Okay. I do. Now the other person, Sarita, uh, who had a phenomenal season for uh, the Roughnecks last year and, mm-hmm. and mentioned Kafa, who the MVP of the team, as far as I'm concerned, he and Serta, 1A and 1B, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. But, you know, do you think those you, – you mentioned Kaffa may be gone uh, to greener pastures, but what about Serta? Do you think uh, he may uh, head off somewhere else as well? I think Serta will be back. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, Tulsa fans will complain one bit. I know nope. the kids love yelling Serta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the well, Rouse the Babies, they love, they love yelling at Yeah, him. for sure. I, I don't think we're going to be uh, – as long as he stays healthy, I don't think sure. we're going to be wanting for a keeper this year. Nope. Okay. Very good. Well, um, some other mentioned on Twitter, and this is just mentioning from Ricky had mentioned uh, Ricky Dale Myers, uh, who's <laughs> been on the show before, VP of the Brass. What's up, Ricky Bobby? Ricky Bobby has uh, his nickname for those folks out there that may know him as that. He had mentioned, uh, you know, a soccer-specific uh, front office and uh, some player signings. I think uh, Mario, maybe he mentioned that as well. Do you think that that would help uh, with some of these early player signings? We've already seen some teams already do that. Sure. Do you th- and Roughnecks have been, you know, laid out the gate the past two years on that. Do you think that that may help? I think it's going to generate excitement for the current fans. Sure. I don't think it's going to mean anything to anybody that um, – Unless you were to sign some huge household name, which we're right. not going to do. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we have to be realistic. Um, again, easy to spend other people's money, and the owners of the Roughnecks have poured a lot of money into sure. it, and I believe they, I believe they're going to pour even more into player salaries this year. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a ton. We're still going to be a uh, middle of the table type spender. Um, 
or lower third of the table sure. type spender. Um, so we're gonna find our we're gonna find our diamonds in the rough. We're gonna find our youth players who need a chance, who are really really hungry, and we're going to uh, we're gonna try to get somebody from Chicago, like another Kalistri and mm-hmm. and Colin. Um, and you know, I would and I would love to see Kalistri back, but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he may be getting first team action yeah. as well as he played here last year. Mm-hmm. Well, what about? Do you think a um, uh, I don't know if he, there was mentions of front office that's dedicated to soccer. I, and I don't think that's really a knock at the fr- current guys because I know they're kind of playing double duty right. with uh, the, the drillers. I know that's, oh, my God, I can't imagine having to run two franchises at the same time. That's right. got to be a lot of sleeping in the offices. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, especially those nights you have the day-night doubleheaders. Talking and then, about 100-hour oh, weeks and stuff yeah, like that, for oh, sure. Yeah, God, there ain't no way. I mean, that's a labor of love. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But do you think having you know somebody with that, soccer experience coming in or maybe i know we had david irving and i, I don't know what the status of, of him he's still wearing roughnecks gear out okay. of combines right now so i assume he's going to be with the club yeah i, I okay i haven't i haven't heard much there but okay that's kind of seems to be the consensus but do you think that that would help with uh you know getting people up through the gate and that kind of thing depends on who they hire of yeah. course you know and their talent um you know i'll say this it's is the same with you it's not necessarily i mean let's just put it out there there's there's not the there's not a soccer guy on staff mm. except for coach or, or coach uh Vaudrill. and i think the difference we saw in the team and the way the passion of the team and even getting out into the community uh, a little bit more engaging the Hispa- hispanic and latino community mm-hmm. um i mean that was that was all coach vaud mm. and uh, I mean, you know, just as hot take as you want to take this, I don't really think it is because it's so apparent. There's just not a soccer guy or soccer person in 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 the management positions. And, and what I mean by that is someone who understands soccer at its depth, understands fans, understands the game at its depth, understand what a community is looking for from a soccer team. Because I've been around the game long enough are long enough and I've seen it in other cities long enough and I've lived in other cities mm-hmm. soccer teams engage their cities and their communities differently than other pro sports teams right much much differently especially at a grassroots level and you would be I, you would think that wow these people have the soccer they actually care about the city mm-hmm. and uh, I just don't think we have that guy that has that passion has that knowledge and has that experience in that front office right now. And again, not a knock on those guys necessarily, but what I mean is we need we we need those people. We need right. someone who's pushing the agenda of soccer in Tulsa right. uh, from from the Roughneck standpoint. Right. I mean, it can work. It's, it obviously worked in Louisville this year, and I don't think Louisville is a tremendously larger city than Tulsa or a larger market. Maybe you know it's you know maybe ten places ahead mm. of us versus you know, being a major, major metropolitan area. So it's doable. Well, I mean, the thing, remember with Louisville is that Louisville, they play at Slugger Field, Mm -hmm. but they're not run by the baseball team. Okay, so they're a whole different front office staff. And yeah, everything. they're soccer. Yeah. They're they're mostly soccer specific. They're right. not dual. They're not, not playing double duty. And again, is like who would want to do that? It's crazy. Who would yeah. want to try to focus on two babies at once? It's <laughs> it's you know it's it's yeah it's it's impossible. Um, 
And so, I mean, I think Reno is maybe doing it, but Reno is it's still it's still more hybrid than even we are. Um, they actually have some soccer specific people with experience and uh, and knowledge of the game and knowledge of the soccer community and soccer fandom in there running things, making the decisions, pushing the team out into the community, pushing the the image of the club, what it stands for out in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just don't have that, Roger. Yeah. Well, so let's uh, let's look and see if we have any more replies. I think uh, if I apologize if I missed any, but uh, uh, you know we've we've got we posted just a couple of moments before we recorded, so I was just looking to see what else we may have out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Juan Pablo. Yeah, yeah I think. Um, yeah, I, I think you know a lot of experienced goal scorer like you'd mentioned. Uh, somebody quick on the wings, uh, you know. I think a lot of this is going to depend on what Chicago has available for us as well, um, mm-hmm. and just whoever you know. Maybe there's a player out there, you know, like we had Brian Wright come in, you know, for right. a uh, game or two. Uh, just, it's just going to depend on you know who's available. And uh, I'll take Jacory Hayes from FC Dallas again. Oh yeah, I think we would be okay with him. Yeah, right? I think he did just fine for right. us. And, and FC Dallas has a whole bunch of players. And and speaking of FC Dallas, their affiliate, I guess Oklahoma City, is something we haven't talked about yet. Jimmy Nielsen uh, parting ways with Oklahoma City. Right. Uh, we've if you heard of a couple of things, uh, just mostly you know it's hard to tell because we don't have eyes on their financials or anything, but. Rumor was is, uh, you know, he didn't have the license, the coaching license. I don't know if that was a rumor, if that was actually confirmed, but uh, didn't have an A license, which is, um, you know, which I guess is a requirement in the league. Correct. Uh, And I think there's just a little bit of a back and forth on what they wanted to spend on staff and and players. Uh, You know, Oklahoma City is kind of experiencing, I think, even at a worse decline. Uh, with their attendance mm-hmm. uh, for their games, uh, it's just been trailing off pretty, pretty. I think even more rapidly than anything we've seen in Tulsa. Right. Uh, do do you? Th- and and the, the rumor was, or like I said, just sources and different folks I've been talking to. This none of this is substantiated, but you think if they're trying to save money, or the word is trying to save money on a possible new stadium, what do you think about? The dealings in Oklahoma City. What, what what's your take on all that? I think Jimmy left. Yeah, I do. I think Jimmy left. Um, I think it's correct to assume that there's some money issues within the within the organization, and I'm not saying that they're hurting or anything right, like that, right, but right, I think right. they're looking for ways to um, to make their dollar stretch further. I think that uh, you know. I think was it was it the beginning of last year that they came out with a stadium plan, yeah, and whatnot, so, and they yeah. were trying to make a push to be considered for MLS. And yep. what have you heard since? Uh, Absolutely zero. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. absolutely zero. And I think they put. I, I think they may have invested a lot of resources into that. Sure. And for sure, I don't think that they were trying to pay Jimmy less. Mm-hmm. But when a coach and in his entire staff leave. No one's left behind. I hear cash registers in the background, right. and I, and I think it had something to do with Jimmy leaving because I think I think Jimmy wanted money 
more. Yeah, and maybe, you know, I've also heard maybe just want a new challenge. There's a maybe. lot of teams that are opening up, coaches. Sure. Um, you know, St. Louis with Precky leaving and uh, Anthony Pulis, not Tony, but Anthony Pulis, uh, taking <laughs> over that job. I know, a funny story. Uh, the St. Louis FC posted a picture of Tony Pulis when they made the announcement right. of Anthony Pulis. It's easy, hey, that's that's an easy thing to get. I'm sure somebody in the staff just looking Anthony Pulis and Tony Pulis is – you know, short for Anthony, so it right. might have popped up and somebody just copy-pasted that bad boy <laughs> I mean, you just think about the reality is, Jimmy, if anybody in the league could ask for more money right now, probably Jimmy's one of them. Sure. Even if he, even, even if, as rumored, he was one of the higher-paid coaches in USL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma City, he's been with them the entire time. Sure. They have been, cons- except for their first season, they have been consistently in the playoffs. They yep. have been consistently good and even really good at times. I agree. Yeah. And so if anybody can ask for more money, he's probably one of them. Sure. Um, and so uh, to me, it, to me, it, it just, it reeks of not getting the contract he wanted. Right. Yeah. And it's just kind of decided it was time to make a yep. move and leave somewhere else. Pull up stakes and let's go somewhere else. Sure. And I'm uh, going to take my ball and go go home. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and also St. Louis, who kind of had a little bit of a turnover issue in coaches. Um, yep. Now this is uh, their third coach in three seasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you take? What do you think of that? Is it a systemic problem, or is it just they're just kind of trying to figure it out there? I think they're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know. Love them or hate them, whoever you're listening, you know, in terms of, of St. Louis and, you, you know, if you're from Kansas City, you probably don't like them or whatnot. Sure. But here's the deal is those fans and those supporters in St. Louis support through thick and thin, and you have to respect them for that, right. for sure. Um, their owner is extremely passionate, mm-hmm. has spent a ton of his own money. They have gone through some incredible devastation with, I believe now, two floods. Oh yeah, two huge floods. Yeah, and and they continue to go on. They continue to try to make ways. They continue to look for talented coaches and talented players. I think, uh, I think I saw maybe it was a Luligans who put this, or maybe it was a Luligan who put this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Precky Precky Levin was not just about wins and losses, but it was more about fit. And uh, I, I just get the feeling they're looking for the coach that fits. Sure the 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 identity of the club and of right. the city itself and sure. and you know uh for st louis hopefully they find that in anthony poulos yeah yeah maybe so and i mean he had success at orlando b and mm-hmm. that's kind of a hard transition now he's moving on to independent club mm-hmm. yeah they have good fans and you know i, I i'd hate to see the team kind of dwindle away because maybe mls isn't happening Right. for St. Louis because that proposition got voted down back in, I guess, last spring, yep. which has been, you know, tough. And then now you're seeing San Antonio dealing with this weird Austin maneuvering of MLS franchises, <laughs> which will make anybody want to watch something other than the MLS, in my opinion. But even yep. though it's, it happens in other sports, but neither here nor there, it's a little bit different when it comes to soccer. So anyway, lots to discuss. I know, my gosh, we've gone and, and talked about it for a while now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll go ahead and uh, and uh, and kind of end it here. But 
Any final words, any thoughts uh, before we uh, wrap it up? What kind of thoughts do you want, Roger? <laughs> well, soccer-related, but, you know, it's, it's, it's my podcast. We can do whatever. You know, I uh, the wish list for the Roughnecks just remains on my brain, and, of course, I want things for this season, but really uh, what, somebody commented on your on your post, and he said, a team committed to building a soccer franchise tied to the community through engagement and youth development. Well, that sounds like a mission statement right there. Really, it does. And you know what? That's the, I want a mission statement. Okay, yeah. Like, what I want, you know, if I could, if sum it up to something ideological from the Roughnecks is, I want a mission statement. Mm. Why are we here? Mm. I want intent. I think one of the reasons that people want a soccer-specific stadium uh, is not so much just to have the stadium and have good sightlines and stuff. They want to know, are the Roughnecks going to be here? yeah. Or do you intend to stay? Right. Do you intend to actually make this club good? Do you intend to represent this city? And 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 we have no mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so that's very good, Roger. Like it's like a mission statement. And so yeah, that's something that we need, and it's it bothers me a lot. And so yeah, that's my wish list: is that we have intent, and we sure. go after it with passion, and we hire the right people, and we you know we give up. We just we give up things that we should give up and go for things that we should go for. And right. sometimes that means, you know what, we're going to have to hire people who don't, don't do baseball. We're going to have to hire people who only know soccer. Right. We're going to have to stop thinking we know how to do it because obviously we are not doing it in attendance. We've, we've done it kind of this last year on the pitch. So we're on the, going the right way there and hopefully continue to. So I, I, I think that that's the last thing I, I'll, I'll say on, on that one. Yeah. And it's not all, you know, doom and gloom, obviously, making the playoffs last year. And, and no. Yeah, and, and certainly so. It's more of a we're fine-tuning. It's things that you have to you have to get better. Uh, you know, otherwise, there's these things that you, you made one step. Now let's make another step. Right. Let's but, make another step. You know, the, the thing is, is that do you need a successful club, like a winning club, to continue to build attendance and to continue to build that? Yeah, you want a successful club, and, and ultimately you want your club to win championships. That's sure. what you want, of course. But that said, the question you have to ask yourself is progress this last year just papering over the cracks? Mm. And I, I, think, I think it might be in some ways. And we didn't bring up Indy. Just, mm. We barely brought up yeah. Indy. Folks, Indy's going to fold. Mm. And, and this is from knowledge from within that organization or, for, or very close to that organization. If the city of Indianapolis doesn't build a stadium for the Indy 11, Indy is going to fold. Indianapolis has already said they're not building a stadium. Most of their supporters know they're going to fold and not have a club. Indy 11 has been one of the most successful clubs in NASL, yeah. a bedrock club that I wish was in USL. Yeah. And if they're going to fold, come on. To think that we in Tulsa could be like exempt from that somehow, mm-hmm. I think it's papering over the cracks. And if we don't get intentional with mission and with passion and and start looking at the long term and showing our intention to the city, I think we're going to find ourselves in a, in a world of hurt. And that, I hate saying that because I don't want to be the pessimist, but I say that out of love because the Roughnecks are like what I live and breathe other than sure. my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's – yeah, well said. All right, well, uh, we have uh, some great interviews coming up as well here in the next segment. We're going to go to the natural state of Arkansas. Got Ryan Stallings on with the Red Watch, supporter group of 
uh, Little Rock Rangers, and we will chalk shop with Ryan right now. All right, folks, we have a treat for you tonight. I have second interview of the podcast. We're going to the Diamond State, Arkansas, Little Rock. We're talking soccer in the Diamond State. We've got Ryan Stallings, one of the co-founders of the Red Watch, supporter group of Little Rock Rangers. Ryan, how's it going tonight, man? Great. I feel all the pressure now being just the second interview <laughs> series. Oh no, we've uh oh we're this is a great uh we have a huge huge episode and man, I I've been trying to reach out and trying to get we've been we've had a hard time getting in touch and and I think I've been ill my a, so I'm glad to get you on board, <laughs> man. Uh, I meant to get you guys on during the season, but hey, better late than never, right? So uh Yeah, pr- probably like right in the heart of the uh the two weekends in a row playing Tulsa, right? Oh boy, it was that was right kind of an odd. Of it all. That was an odd scheduling, kind of a. I don't know if it's really a snafu, but just the way it kind of worked out playing Tulsa, yeah. you know, so close and, and such meaningful matches there at the end of the season. And we're talking in PSL season, uh, playing the Tulsa Athletic. Talk about, really made a big leap in 2017 uh, for the yeah. for the for the Rangers. Uh, tell me a little bit about how the how that that really transpired from uh, the improvement over, I mean, obviously some experience there, but uh, from your perspective, what do you think happened? Um, well, talking with Jonathan Wardlaw, the owner of the Rangers and kind of some other people a little more in the day-to-day of the organization itself, um, getting to know them through the second season, especially starting a supporters group. Uh, really, it kind of started with you're getting a team together your first season and they had open tryouts. And Mm -hmm. so they'll tell you, number one, they learned is do not have open tryouts Mm -hmm. by open tryouts. Do not have free tryouts open to the general public because everyone will show up. Did did you show (laughs) up? Did you try to play? No, no, I did not. I I hope, hopefully I would have known my limits. There was a lot of guys that I played rugby with and I played in Sunday league with that intended to try out Uh and they were 10 or 15 years older than me. And I thought it was a joke, but then I would see them in the gym later on, on the treadmill saying, Oh yeah, we're going to try out. Oh Lord. And so (laughs) it almost just from that kind of crowd, nothing against them. I played, you know, in amateur leagues with them here in the, in, you know, recreationally, Sure. but kind of having some, you know, 40, 50 year old guys playing to try out for this team kind of gave me the idea. This was really barely a step ahead re- above recreational. Sure. And it wasn't until I started attending my first couple games where I saw that the players that they had brought in. Um, okay. Yeah. And then I started to follow the NPSL and the league as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that's really where my interest took off with it because sure. I got involved with the little rock because you wanted something you know, community support wise, sure. kind of something of your own, um, something to identify with. But then as you kind of got to know the league and what the league stood for, what the league was trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you kind of had the support there. The big step up really came with, I think, once the coaching staff understands who they're coaching against. Sure. This, is, this isn't a glorified mm-hmm. recreational league. You know, it, you do have to take it seriously. You do have to reach out a bit in, outside of your immediate region sure. looking for, for you know whether they be collegiate players or post-collegiate players looking to you know stay in shape and inform mm-hmm. and uh, i know from in the second year little rocket kind of put itself on the map not from their record the first season but from the support mm-hmm. and so they started having a lot of players reach out to them we had some players that had coached under some of the coaches that coached for chattanooga fc in the mm-hmm. offseason and Chattanooga kind of already had their roster sort of set being one of the more established teams. And right. so their coaches were calling up Little Rock, asking if they could get their players into a, a tryout here in Little Rock. 
But then we had players from California. We had players from New Jersey calling up because they knew that Little Rock had a lot of support and they wanted to play in front of a lot of supporters. Sure. Yeah. That was really what they said. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of support, I know you're on the support side, obviously, but right. how, how, you know, you, and probably you can think the same thing about Oklahoma too. It's just, you don't think the here in the, I know it's a tornado alley soccer podcast, but here in the tornado alley or big 12 sec country, you don't think those are bastions of, of soccer fan. No. Right. So how's, how is the support in, in little rock? I mean, what, what, what are you seeing on that end? Well, I would just say not only was little rock and, you know, being part of the South and Arkansas, not really considered really a hotbed for soccer. It was pointedly called a soccer desert mm-hmm. here in Arkansas for a long time. And it's easy when you in one of the larger cities to not see that you see mm-hmm. the youth soccer, you see the adult soccer leagues and you, you can say, I don't, I don't understand, but you can go 20, 30 miles outside of the town. And a lot of the school districts don't have high school soccer. Sure. So you have kids traveling to other counties to have the opportunity to play. Um, Cause we are still in a Southern state or mid South or, you know, mid Southern South state, whatever this is, right. Football, football <laughs> is going to be King. Sure. Uh, baseball is going to take quite a, you know, quite a bit of precedence. And then, you know, obviously basketball in the larger Metro areas. Um, but I think really what came together is little rock is one of those uniquely sized cities that's large enough to want to have a professional team or something to identify with sure. and doesn't have anything except for a double a baseball team. Right. And that double A baseball team gets incredible support. I know year in, year out, they're one of the higher ranked teams when it comes to average attendance. Sure. So I think that was really important for the Little Rock team is they wanted to make sure that they gave the presentation of professionalism as much as possible. This wasn't just semi pro. Sure. It may be at a semi pro level, but the experience you're going to get is going to be entirely professional. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, yeah, yeah, you saw that level increase and and uh, i mean my gosh little rock was right there in the hunt uh we're at three games left beat ozark then you had ozark coming to town and probably one of the biggest upsets i've witnessed this season i know ozark got better as the season went on yeah but you know when i saw that score line i uh, had to refresh my browser think wait that was that's not right yeah (laughs) you know and then of course the tulsa winning the last match of the season uh, just so close, so close. I mean, and, and yeah, and, and and just talking about that Ozark match really quick. I mean, you knew they were going to get better. They had to have gotten better from mm-hmm. the first few games. You knew that had to happen. Absolutely. Uh, but then, but then when Little Rock went up there and still beat them five to one or four to one, and it was they kind of did it sleepwalking to sure. be at the match and witness it. You had to think, okay, coming home now, we had really drummed up support in tandem with the team in the front mm-hmm. office that week. Uh, we kind of harassed via social media a lot of the uh, the media outlets into showing up, and of course they all acted like it was their idea. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course, here, so. yeah. So you had you had you had your local the local paper there. You had I think four local TV channels there to report on it, which they hadn't really done in mass since the beginning of the first season. Mm. Um, so it was you know everything was like, hey, you win this game, you're in, you're probably getting a first round bye. Um, it may very well, if after this win, it may very well, you know, depending on what happened with Wichita that week, it looked like it could come down to the conference title was going to be between Little Rock and Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could, you could, you could, you could be the typical Homer and talk about bad officiating, but at our level, there's always bad officiating or questionable officiating. Right. 
but it really was i think we sat we sat people we probably shouldn't have sat sure um and i think that as a whole and i don't blame the players i've been there you know not on that level where you've beaten them on their home turf and they're bad Mm -hmm. so you probably overlooked them you had tulsa coming up (laughs) right in tulsa uh that next week and so yeah you lose yeah, and, and and then you're just trying to make sure you get in, but going back to the first season, the the schedule is really weird in that they played their first game or two on the road, and mm-hmm. then they had six or seven straight home games, and then they, oh, I think five five home games and then five road games to close out kind of a Texas circuit, mm-hmm. and they lost every single home game, mm-hmm. and they were winless going into that final five game swing. I think you and got one, proceeded, and, just... then, and, then, and then proceeded to like win out on that five game road swing, and then just barely. I think they ended up finishing tied with Shreveport mm-hmm. in points, but Shreveport owned the tiebreaker on them. Right. So they had just missed the playoffs, but uh, they definitely brought in a different caliber of team this year. The squad they had, you know, paid tryouts, so it really whittles down on who's going to show up. Sure. So if someone sees a free tryout, oh, I've been wanting to get a Rangers practice jersey anyway sure, i'm right. not doing anything on saturday morning i'll go run a mile and go do some drills and see if what sure. happens and if nothing happens i have the story yeah but yeah. but when you do start charging you know the entry fee i think it attracts the different players that are looking to seriously hone their skills mm-hmm. over their off seasons and continue to stay in form so i would say it was pretty balanced going back through the roster on players that came from little rock area um Small college, you know, soccer programs, probably, I would say, within a two-hour radius of Little Rock. Yeah. And then the other half coming, like I said, from California, from Texas, from New Jersey. Yeah. And the the level of competition, obviously, to make the roster was much higher. Mm. And the level of competition to stay in the starting 11, you know, and the 18 was obviously much higher. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You bring that talent in and you have the competitions and – Right, it, it that that's huge, and I still I'm still of the opinion that state of California could have qualified for the World Cup this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll 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 bypass that discussion. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so what are what's your expectations and just kind of discussions? I know there's a lot of Division three push. There's a lot of you know going from that semi pro to pro level. Right. Do you foresee that happening at at Little Rock, or do you think NPSL is kind of that uh, kind of the perfect fit for a for a town like Little Rock? Well, I do think the Division Three is inevitable for mm-hmm. Little Rock. I hope it's in tandem and open relationship and communication with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. If not with the current you know, ownership, if it's a buyout, then at least they keep the brand and keep the name. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is already kind of becoming enmeshed in Little Rock, mm-hmm. and I think if you brought in another name, it, it kind of would, it would almost feel very circus-like in sure. a sense. Like it's a traveling roadshow, come to town and take advantage of what's been built here. Right. Um, I love NPSL. I I wish there was more money in it, or wait for there to be more money in it, because you know a lot of these owners like Chattanooga and Little Rock and Asheville City and Tulsa, a lot of those ownership men are just people devoted to the game of soccer devoted to the town that they're in and devoted to the people and fans that show up even when they could probably do with a lot more fans and people showing up sure 
so I mean, I, you know, I wish there was a way for like Tulsa just to have an offseason match with, you know, a, a Carolina FC or mm-hmm. for for us to travel and, and play Asheville City and it not be, you know, a major hurdle on the part of the owners to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, or bust uh, or burn through your whole travel budget in one game. Yes, right? yes, exactly. Um, I do think though with with the Division Three. Um, I, I, I know personally that both NISA and the uh, USLD3 or whatever we're going to call that future Division 3, now that they were trying to apparently secure some new naming rights for that, yeah. uh, they both they both kind of come around and inquired um, and even strongly pushed for that to be a 2018 or 2019 edition. And I think the front office for the Rangers has kind of taken a, a very pragmatic approach that mm-hmm. we're kind of in the middle of a second soccer wars in a sense, and we kind of need to see where where the cards end up falling sure. to to take a stable um, a stable leap if we're going to do that. And they put out an end of the year survey this year to kind of ask people, hey, if we were to go to a fully professional side team, mm-hmm. um, what would your expectations be as far as experience? Um, as far as the team goes, as far as what would you be willing to pay per ticket and yeah. increase at all if you knew it was professional versus semi-professional. Right. And so, you know, they're, they're testing the waters there. There's been some other teams that do intend to go up to the professional level much sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, have, that have a little more cachet already in the semi-pro circles. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of made a point that they don't want to move up unless Little Rock moves up with them. Sure. And but I think we were, we would and I'm saying we but really the Rangers organization I think they would probably look at a 2020 or 2021 kind of target year if they were to move up so that would give them two years to kind of watch and observe what happens with these D3 leagues yeah and, and really what happens with you know kind of what's going on with the NASL right now because that means when one of those deep proposed D3 leagues may be applying to be D2 right. And, you know, you know, you'd like for someone to suddenly come in and with a lot more funding and still like to give it a fair ownership stake to the people that have put their blood, sweat and tears and hours into this. Sure. So we'll see. I think the market is really primed for that. Yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to year three and seeing and what engagement and attendance figures look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of that we've kind of taken on a mantle of being a partner in driving that team awareness and the attendance. A lot of what came out of the survey, um, we sat down, the founders of the Red Watch sat down, we kind of went through and highlighted things that people said that they wanted at these games or wanted improved at the games. And we highlighted what we felt we could help improve on. Sure. So people that want programs, well, you know, we, we bought a program off the young man at one of the Tulsa Athletic Games. Sure. So now we kind of have one in hand. And so we got to see what someone could put together in a week's time mm-hmm. and what kind of information you could put in there. You do an interview with a player, an interview with a coach, sure. kind of a recap. You could do a, a, an around the conference. Yeah. Uh, and then hi- highlight a player that maybe be from out of town. Let him talk about his home country or home state or how, you know, and also just being more engaged with the players is something we can do as mm-hmm. a group. And through the supporters, we can create an avenue for fans to get better, get to know the players, players to get to better know the fans. Sure. Um, 
or the obligatory uh, podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, so I'm I'm on here only so I can figure out how to do one of our own. That's yeah, that's all right. the only reason yeah. I'm here. <laughs> that's fine. Heck yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so going back, year three is, is just kind of looking forward to it because I think that's where you start to start, you really start to put together an accurate idea of what trend's going to be. Sure. Uh, as far as support, attendance engagement etc so year one i know they had a high of, of over five thousand fans attend the opening match mm-hmm. and then you had some games played in a horrible thunderstorm where you had 500 but i think it still ended up averaging out to over 2500 fans sure which in mpsl is incredible you're yeah. going to be top four top five with those kind of numbers and then this year it kind of started slow mm-hmm. uh, about like 1400 1500 by the time we were playing ozark we were over three thousand nice so we ended again averaging over two thousand, a little less than last year but you you know that's judging your medians versus your means versus your averages mm-hmm. so you again you know it's just repeated it again but year three is, is where i think we're going to start getting a sense of long term where the support is for this team yeah no i i agree that's, the novelty wears off by year three something we mentioned in a previous uh part of this uh, episode but yeah i think you know, that's where you find out, you know, who's in for the long haul, who's who will be showing right. up after uh, the newness wears off, so to speak. So, yeah, right. I, I think this will be a crucial year uh, in Little Rock, obviously. Do you, do, uh, now, you play in War Memorial, big stadium. Yeah, huge stadium. Huge stadium. <laughs> that's where, uh, for folks that don't, that aren't, that are not aware, uh, I guess a couple of games, two or three times, maybe twice a year, the University of Arkansas plays a, ma- a, a football game in Little Rock, yeah. Arkansas at War Memorial. Was it 40 right. grand, something, 30 grand? Uh, I think it's right at like 52. 52, wow, big stadium. 52, so that's yeah. a massive stadium. Yeah. Very cavernous uh, for any, yeah. I mean, even if it was a uh, MLS team, that's very cavernous. Sure. Sure. Has there been any discussion of you guys uh, getting something uh, more fitting for your club, or is this kind of the wait-and-see type uh, uh, scenario? So just a quick history background on War Memorial. Mm -hmm. Um, Put in the capital city, you have a state kind of Arkansas that's almost a perfect square in a sense of land area. Mm -hmm. And then you have Little Rock, which is nearly perfectly in the dead center of the state. And so you have your your major university – you know, going back into the early 1900s when they have a football program, I think the Razorback football program started in like 1892. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty confident I'm not right on that, but it's, I think I'm close. Thereabouts, so, right, yeah. Yeah, and so you have it. You have uh, your university, though, is a land-grant university stuck in the hills of the deep in the Ozarks mm-hmm. in a small town in the far corner of your state. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to build support for that from people, from farmers in the southeast or – people that live, you know, on the Louisiana border and try to, you know, help identify and strengthen the brand as this being the state school. Mm-hmm. When you place that state school in the furthest corner of the hill country of the state. Sure. It's closer so to Tulsa, did. Oklahoma than it is uh, oh, Little Rock, yeah, Arkansas, yeah. right? Exactly. And, and, you know, back then prior to interstates, it was almost like a, like a five hour trip sure. from sure. Little Rock. So if you were from South Arkansas, you never got to see them if they played in Fayetteville. So their solution mm-hmm. was, to play half of their home games in Little Rock Mm -hmm. so that they could have fans from Southern Arkansas, East Arkansas, come and watch them. And then as the television has become increasingly, increasingly the driver of the revenues for your football games, um, Fayetteville had obviously become more important. 
the advent of Walmart mm-hmm. had increased the business there. An interstate spur was built off of I-40 that went directly to Fayetteville and now continues on to Kansas City. Um, the accessibility of it to everyone, and then obviously television being in everyone's homes, uh, it became less and less important for recruiting or for even visuals mm-hmm. to have the games in Little Rock. Uh, the stadium on the campus, obviously they own, the university owns it sure. in Fayetteville, so they're not having to pay to be able to use the smaller stadium in Little Rock. But um, War Memorial was, is an fully enclosed sort of single stand stadium. It's extremely loud when it's packed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they recently uh, interviewed Mike Leach, head coach of the Washington State team, mm-hmm. and he was recalling his time as both a player and a coach, and they asked him where the loudest place he'd ever played or coached was, and he said it was absolutely in War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock. Yeah. And so it, it's one of those that, yes, it's a huge cavernous stadium. So when you do have 2,500 fans in there, you're only filling two or three sections. And it, mm-hmm. it looks like you don't really have much of a crowd at all. Mm-hmm. But I think we've still been able to use the uh, the acoustics of that stadium to our advantage, even with smaller numbers. Yeah, it's so, all closed yeah, in. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, all, it's all enclosed. It's really small. The, the field will need to be widened to be more soccer specific because mm-hmm. it has a wall that runs all the way around it, and it's really tight. I know corner kicks are na- are taken nearly out of the tunnel in the corner. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so there's some safety concerns for the players. Um, but we'll plan to use it kind of to our advantage. Sure. I don't know that we're looking for a place that would be more accommodating of, say, five, 6,000 people. Uh, the University of Arkansas at Little Rock has a stadium about three miles south, but it's still really not centrally located, mm-hmm. and it would be too small. And I've seen other people kind of write articles about Little Rock being an ideal D3 market, and they've mentioned places like uh, the historic Central High School football stadium, uh, parking, accessibility, tailgating, uh, relative vicinity to bars and restaurants. Uh, it's not <laughs> mm-hmm. near, near anything. So I wouldn't see that as a really an option. And then you, you really your only, only other options would be putting it in the minor league baseball field if you're trying to go for central location right uh which which isn't the worst thing in the world but war memorials transitioning from the razorbacks going from having four games a year there to two games a year there Mm -hmm. to now they actually only have one game a year there to then they had a new contract that said they only had to have one sec opponent there every four years oh wow and so they've been playing you know their 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 d2 matchups have been all in little rock um, they play Texas A&M every other year now in Dallas. So there's there's another game that yeah. they don't want to lose. Um, and so there's a feasibility study being done right now. What, and I think the main part of it is to see if the University of Arkansas at Little Rock should start a football program um, to try and accommodate for the lost revenue for the stadium. But also sure. it's to, a feasibility study to see if the field, the walls can be taken down and the field widened to accommodate not just the Rangers, but also other soccer tournaments. Sure. And I would love to see long-term, you know, that stadium get remodeled for soccer and to have something a lot like FC Tucson does with the Desert Diamond Cup, mm-hmm. where Little Rock, you're centrally located to Oklahoma City and Memphis and Nashville and St. Louis and Kansas City and yeah. Dallas. And it's and there's right no off by 40. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy exactly. to get to from all those locations. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if Memphis, you know, just as an aside, when Memphis and Nashville join the USL, I think they're missing an opportunity for some exhibition games. If Oklahoma City and Tulsa aren't playing uh, Memphis and Nashville in a Little Rock game in a one off, I think that would be, 
you know, maybe we wouldn't like this so much as the Rangers, but I think that would be a really neat opportunity to have kind of a preseason cup here and get to highlight there's a lot of teams in our region at different levels. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's a good point. And we'll, we'll wait and see, you know, uh, lots, yeah. lots, lots going on. So we'll, man, so much is going on in the off season. It's so busy. And <laughs> it's, it's like that. It's been like that ever since I've been really following uh, USL and, and, and the NPSL as well. Even since 2012, man, the off seasons are insane. Right. So we will right. wait and see, but uh, Ryan, I appreciate your time before I let you go um, show folks uh, how they can interact with uh, the red watch and uh, any, any websites or anything else you've got out there. You'd like to plug right now. Yeah, so right now, the best way to get a hold of us is any social media platforms. And all those on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's going to be the Red Watch LR is going to be our handle. And our, our website should be up. Uh, we're looking for a January 1st launch of a sure. website and a blog. And then we'll also include a store, um, just kind of like year two goals, kind of expanding on that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we have a lot of things coming uh, this year that – really should add to the game experience, but also we'll be able to take on the road with us. Uh, looking forward to some road trips and having quite a, you know, a better away experience to kind of provide. I think part of what actually made our attendance numbers grow, but also our membership numbers grow was a lot of people seeing the, the fun we had in Tulsa at the Tulsa matches mm. um, that we could walk away with, Oh, we hung out with the Tulsa athletic supporters with the armory and we had beer, we, you know, we shared a beer with them before the game. Then we yelled at each other for the first half. <laughs> then, you know, at halftime, we went and had beers together again and tailgated. And then we went and yelled at each other for a second half. And then we all got to walk out and chit chat. And, you know, the, you know, the, the armory people, you know, thanking us for making the trip. And, sure. you know, it meant a lot to them that away supporters cared enough about the game to come out there and, sure. you know, and banter about it. You know, I think uh, it was it was really fun to kind of get under the skin a little bit of uh, <laughs> even the Tulsa fans there at large, sure. because it made you know they when when Tulsa would score a goal, they'd come running over and charge us and taunt us a little bit. So yep. when we would score a goal in return, we'd run over there and taunt them, and it got it got kids involved. I saw a yeah. couple people that had to be pushing eighty years old come running over to taunt <laughs> us. You know, I was like, look at this. We have people that are like from age five to age eighty-five running over here, and now they're involved and they care. And it's sure it was something really neat to see. And so, something being able to bring back some of those stories and those videos and those pictures, um, kind of like develop a rivalry, but also develop mm -hmm. a sense of identity for a lot of people. Sure. Um, that okay, this isn't just something you're going to go passively sit at on a, a Saturday afternoon or evening. You don't have anything else better to do. Like, yeah. this is something to kind of take a lot of pride in. Yeah, and so, and so we're you know we're going to do obviously a lot more outreach into the community at large here locally, but kind of open up a little bit because you you realize when you're on social media platforms, particularly Twitter for us, is that mm -hmm. there's a whole community out there that want to support you whether they're going to root for your team or not just because sure. of what you guys are doing in lower league soccer. Right. And you know, and, and that's probably been a great avenue of us meeting other people from other supporters groups from other teams, whether they're NPSL or they're non league. Uh, we don't hang with PDL so much because we're homers for MPSL now, sure. just just by virtue of our team. So, <laughs> yeah, it happens, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, but yeah, those social media platforms, and then of course we'll we'll start rolling out when we roll out with our website um, and our store, online store, and our blog, and maybe a podcast. I was yeah. being, I was I was truly only being half serious about you know 
trying to spy on how these podcasts go. <laughs> yeah, man, we can. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, anyway, yeah, I can help. Uh, we'll we'll talk off air here, but yeah, no, we'll. You know, um, the folks I've been telling people, fear the deer, man. You gotta, yeah. You gotta. There you go. Hey, you know what? We've been searching for a hashtag. <laughs> Did I? Hey, hey, I'm just here to help, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like everyone else has these like creative hashtags that they can place at the end of all their little Twitter notes, and it's like, what do we have? I don't know, you know, because you want to use something a little more clever, a little more localized. So I love it. Yeah, hey, if you can use that, or, or I always suggest just uh, get some soccer juice, i.e., alcohol. Yeah, and then just figure yeah. it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, did you ever play that old video game, The Deer Avenger? Oh man, no, I haven't. I don't think so. Maybe it, it was like I think it was an old N64 game, but you made oh, me wow. think of that by Fear the Deer. <laughs> it, was, nice. it, was a, it was a hunting game, but you were a deer. You know, with the weaponry, and you were hunting hillbilly farmers. Oh shoot! It's hunters. like the reverse of deer hunter, or yes. whatever, right? Yes. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> oh, I, I like where you're going with that. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Ron oh Stallings. yeah, actually, the full the full title was Bambo the Deer Avenger. <laughs> that that had to be like just something somebody was i had a lot of alcohol and decided let's make the deer hunt the hunters oh absolutely <laughs> but you just took you took me back to being like nine years old and playing a game i probably shouldn't have been playing but oh god you made me feel <laughs> really old because uh, uh, i uh had the first gen uh nes so uh yeah that's okay I'm uh, old. it's okay it happens man i probably i probably wanted that and my parents wouldn't let me have it so i got ninja turtles instead oh shoot <laughs> hey no <laughs> Rock Ninja Turtles, my man. No, gosh, no, gosh, no. All right, well, uh, uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for your time, buddy. Uh, Ryan Stallings with the Red Watch, the supporter group of the uh, Little Rock Rangers. And Ryan, appreciate it, buddy. Have a good Thanksgiving, man. Oh, Roger, same to you. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you so much, Ryan Stallings with the Red Watch, and also Josh Fior with the Tulsa Roustabouts. Appreciate it, fellas, and also. Special shout-out to BGN.FM, the Beautiful Game Network. It's where you can find the podcast. Appreciate all the hard work over there and also the hard work behind the scenes. Mike Mitchell bringing the air horn. All right. Yes, that's my own, the old Roger version of the air horn. It's the favorite of all. Anyway, folks, I hope you all have a great turkey day. Thanksgiving. Appreciate you all for joining me this episode of 29 Soccer Podcast. God bless you. Have a good one.